1: Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Talking City podcast for the Manchester Evening News. I'm your host Rich Ray, and I'm delighted to be joined this week by Stuart Brennan. Hello. And by Simon Bikowski. Hello. And... Another weekend where City's, well, there wasn't a title challenge anyway, but further confirmation that City's hopes rely on cup competitions this season Stew a defeat against Tottenham. Some people said it was Mourinho Masterclass, but it was more Guardiola's side. It was just an epitome of everything that's gone wrong this season, really, for City in, in one performance.
0: Yeah, if it was a Mourinho Masterclass, it was a Mourinho Masterclass and slipping something in City's tea before the game, because it was about missed chances, really. I mean, it's odd, because after the game, I, I was down the tunnel area uh, speaking to some radio journalist uh, I didn't know who the guy was, but he he looked me in the eye and said, "I think City are finished, aren't they now? Isn't it done? You know, Pep's Pep's looks jaded. The team are nowhere near what they were." And I'm thinking that isn't the game I've just watched here, really. You know, and it turned on Gundogan missing a penalty. It turned on Sergio Aguero missing what for him was an open goal, uh, for almost anyone was an open goal. Kevin De Bruyne. Smashing one ten yards wide that he would normally get on target. Um, you know, just masses of chances. Was it 19 attempts on goals City had and didn't score? Tottenham had three and scored two. Now that's an issue in itself because City persistently concede goals uh, whenever they concede chances. Um, but they did everything right but put the ball in the net, including from the penalty spot. Uh, and then the red card just changed the tone of the game and Tottenham went away and won it. So I'm reading your master is nonsense. I mean City should have won that game. It's simple as that. Uh, and and so su- suggest uh, put that forward as evidence that this City team have finished is just nonsense. I mean there are other there are other aspects to City this season that make you think they need to rebuild and they need they need something to some things to change. But that that game for me wasn't one of them.
2: Yeah, I felt a bit I felt like I've been a bit critical of them after the Derby. Um because <laughs> they had made it through to a cup final after all and limited United to a few chances but the point then was that <laughs> they they had loads of chances and couldn't score and they didn't give up many chances but they conceded from, from the, the chances that they gave up and City are just in this no man's land for us to try and describe what's going on really because you can't explain why they're missing so many chances why they're conceding so easily um, you know the they're going to finish second in the table Um, I don't think any of the chasing teams are good enough to catch them they're going to end up nowhere near Liverpool so it's kind of like they're just in this dead space and they're in this dead space of analysis because what what do you say about how they can improve or they just need to shoot better and defend better like they've done before but there's no reason. Rodri spoke after the game and said, "You know, I don't know why this is happening." And it, that, yeah, has been the story of the se- season. I think he said something similar at, um, at Anfield after they lost. How they were the better team, and they were, but they're just not
0: winning football matches. Yeah, it's, it's odd that you know people are saying, "Oh, you know, City have got real problems with the finishing." And they're the first team in Europe to reach hundred goals in the top five leagues. You know, they've, they've been scoring goals for fun this season. Um, it's just, it's just there are certain games. The last two being cases in point uh, where they haven't you know they, they, they've created carry on creating chances I, I think if they weren't creating chances that's when Pep would be upset I mean he's he, he made everybody snigger after the game thinking oh typical Pep because he was asked you know they were locked in the dressing room for 45 minutes afterwards and he was asked about it Pep and he said uh, he said no, no no I'm not upset why well, would I be upset I'm proud of my team I'm proud of the way they played and everyone sniggered but I think he probably was. You know, he's not happy about the finishing and he's not happy about some of the defending and he's perhaps not happy about the the lead up to the red card, you know, the way that this, the sloppiness, um, w- which has been evident at times, this season as well. Um, But I think in terms of the way his team played and the way they controlled the game for long spells and some of the football they played, I think he will be quite happy with with the performance.
1: Yeah, it was the first time uh, in Guardiola's reign that City have not scored in back-to-back games. Uh, So I guess the one aspect which, I mean the winter breaks coming up about two weeks off might actually be something that City need because this maybe fixed congestion might be getting in their heads. The fact that I mean, from City's point of view you probably do want a game at the weekend just try to try put it out your system and we'll get onto West Ham later on that could be perfect opposition for them. But do you think there's any I mean, tactical changes not necessarily with, with Pep but you no, know, we saw against United in the first Carabao Cup game that not having a striker that in a way even made them more deadly up front as well. So maybe do you think yeah, something that could I
2: I, I dunno, I think it's Mentality, as much as anything. Like Gundogan spoke after the United game and said, "We don't respond well enough to setbacks," Um, and the setbacks being not taking your chances. And um, I mean, it was all set up for Gundogan to score that penalty against Tottenham and give them the control that their player deserved. Um and then they didn't and I mean it was weird it wasn 't that they went into the shell and didn't create any chances. they just kept on missing really good chances um and you just kind of think. <laughs> I don't know, I don't know what to think anymore well, you, I, don't, like, I don't know why yeah.
1: they can't score You mentioned mentality there Do you think you know City away at Spurs at the new stadium They miss a penalty, they should be ahead Do you think the Champions League might have come back into their minds Once Gundogan missed yeah. the penalty?
2: Yeah, yeah, against sort of any good opposition I think they're always sort of slightly more on edge As you would be um, But yeah, there's a lot put into these like the psychological aspects of winning at these grounds and beating these teams and they just see like they threw the entire kitchen sink and still couldn't get it anywhere near the goal yesterday on Sunday
0: yeah they can't afford to do it in three weeks time when they play Real Madrid you know Champions League is about taking your chances the teams that take the chances end up winning it and getting to finals Uh, if you go to the Bernabeu and make that many chances and don't Stick them away. They're going to suffer for it, and they're going to go out. Um, And I suspect that will be the emphasis between now and then. I think there'll be a lot of finishing practice going on. Uh, You'd think that City shouldn't need it because you know they've broken goal-scoring records for fun in the last two seasons. You know the top scorers in Europe this season. They got Sergio Aguero, who's normally deadly. The penalty was everything, though, you know, and Ilkay Gundogan was given the task of taking it because he's got a 100% record, and I understand that. Um, He wouldn't be my choice. He wouldn't be my choice if Aguero hadn't been on the pitch. But for me... Aguero has to take that penalty I know he missed one at that same end last season in the Champions League quarter final maybe that's, that's in his head and it was in Guardiola's head when he decided he was going to take penalties but I would back Aguero to score and, he, and he's got like a 79% conversion rating penalties. that's because
1: he's taken so many more as well hasn't
0: yeah he, yeah, so. yeah, he has he has and uh, he scored all three this season I think that's an important stat if, if he would missed the last three as Gabriel Jesus has no way would he be taking that penalty but he scored all three this season give him the penalty you know, Gundogan has got a good record, but he's not a strong striker at the ball. You know, I think you need somebody who hits the ball well and cleanly. Um, you know, we've seen him score some good goals, but it's all about placement with him. Uh, and I, I mean, I've been—I t- haven't seen it—seen it back actually. But I was—I was reading last night that um, Hugo Lloris was quite a way off his line. And he's about
1: a yard or so off. Bit, yeah, yeah.
0: So you know, uh, if, thought, yeah. if if you put those two together, I mean, if you've got a clean striker with the ball, it doesn't matter where the goalkeeper is—the the ball at the net. But if you've got somebody. Places it like Gundogan like Gabriel Jesus tries to do, and he fell foul of that when the keeper was a yard off his line. Um but if you get... For me, Aguero strikes the ball hard and he strikes it clean. Kevin De Bruyne's the same. I would always have a player like that taking penalties for me. Um, and maybe City will revert to that. De, why De Bruyne doesn't... For me, it would be Aguero and then De Bruyne. Not Edison. Uh, well, Edison. Edison <laughs> I don't think there's any well, need for it. I mean, you know... We all know he's, he's technically superb. about oh, wow, somebody but can hit a ball hard.
1: Yeah. Ooh. I
0: mean... Yeah, but for me, you've got De Bruyne. He tracks me that Edison strikes a ball better than De Bruyne. I don't. Yeah. think so. Did not Edison? Yeah. No. <laughs> was it
1: Edison who beat that world record for hitting a yeah, ball as far yeah. as he can? Yeah. Was, it, was it scoring from your record. own half? Was it scoring from your own half most times in a minute or something? Are you, are you trying to suggest yeah, that he should take support. penalties from his own penalties? Yeah,
2: go for it. <laughs> <laughs> but then, no, I, I mean, if we're to believe Guardiola as well, then the players decided on Sunday, so they obviously picked <laughs> the one.
0: It's such a, I mean, it's such a it's riddle. Infield, yeah, it's a riddle as to how he picks. How, I mean, he was. To, he, he said after after the last one, after Gabriel Jesus's miss. Uh, where was that? Sheffield, Sheffield United. United. Yeah. Um, he he said, yeah, we're gonna have to sort this out. And uh, Gabriel Jesus told us that. Um, that A piece of paper gets put up in the dressing room before the game with penalty takers on, which presumably means this is a penalty taker if he's on the field, here's a number two if he's not on the field, and here's a number three if he's not on the field, you think that's the way it would work so we've no idea and you you can ask Pep and you can ask the players and you get a different answer every time you kind of hope that it isn't actually that muddled, that they do actually have a clear policy and everybody knows where they stand Um, and it looked that way because you kind of think, well Gundogan's stepping up yeah, that, that that does make makes sense in terms of the fact that he's got 100% record and they've looked at it and decided but uh, you know if, Pep, if, if Pep's right and they are still letting the players decide I, I just for a manager who who is all about attention to detail you know everything he does he goes into everything in, in great detail I, I just don't understand why he would do that you know penalties are such an important part you know so much turns on penalties City's whole Champions League fate last season turned on that penalty at White Hart Lane it was the right decision to let Aguero take it but even so I'm, all I'm saying is that penalties change seasons you know and and that's a that's a good example of it um and Pep should be saying right this is what we're going to do you're going to take this one if you're not on the field, you'll take it and practice them, you know. Uh, and and Kevin De Bruyne never seems to come into the equation, which amazes me. He must be awful in training, must not he? <laughs> he? Must be something. For, like you said, it's bewildering that De
1: Bruyne. Yeah,
0: he's taken one for City uh, and. Martin Stecklenburg, the Everton keeper, pulled off a great save. Doesn't mean He's you're bad counter like, No, it doesn't. It, no. no, sometimes that happens. Look, he, he was inspired that day, Stecklenburg. We've never heard of him since. But he, he was absolutely incredible. You were at that game, side? aren't you? Yeah, yeah. yeah he, he pulled yeah. off a couple of quite stunning saves. He saved another penalty that, as well. That didn't was it? like peak first season, wasn't it? So he had all the
2: chances and two penalties and ended up
0: scoring. Yeah. It, yeah it, yeah it was um, so but for me alright so he's had one save surely I'm pretty sure Kevin De Bruyne has got a really strong mentality I'm pretty sure that hasn't scarred him for life in terms of penalty taking especially if he looks back at it and says well actually it was a great save I didn't do a lot wrong with a penalty the keeper guessed the right way and threw himself and got his got his hand to it um, so for me De Bruyne should be should be very much in the mix if not number one penalty taker
1: so we were speaking just before we came on there and Producer Ash said, "Let's talk about Raheem Sterling. Um, <laughs> fans do seem to be maybe a bit divided on his form lately. Uh, as Stu said, he's now looked like he's got an injury as well. So, what have you made of Raheem Sterling as of late? He seems to be very consistent in the lineup still, and Pep has obviously got faith in him. But the longer it goes on, the more maybe you question yeah. whether he needs to be just taken out of the limelight like, for a bit.
2: Yeah, I think he had a, an excellent goal-scoring record up until about November." And then his form has kind of tailed off since then. Certainly his goals have tailed off. Um, I do. He's not all about his goals. As anyone who's watched the England team will know, he does do a lot um, off the ball. But certainly in the last month or so, he's just not looked to be at that level. And I think Guardiola's kind of said that he has played a lot of times Guardiola always says that Sterling recovers better than any other player he's got in the team so he he always knows if he's got a busy Christmas or whatever he can put Sterling in every game he can just keep him running Um, and there won't be a problem although now he's injured but um, I think yeah he's just not looked right in these last few games um, I mean both legs of the Carabao Cup semi-final he missed some shockers he missed... Um, at least one against Tottenham and then he sort of put too much on that ball to Gundogan. Um again it, it was just like everything did look easy and natural for him at the start of the season and now it looks like a lot more difficult to to do things
0: I mean it's tempting to make a connection between the three things and that Pep thinks he can just play Sterling time after time after time because his physical powers of recovery are good but you, any footballer you, you, you talk to you talk about the Christmas period and they don't talk about the physical Physical, they'll, they'll play every time um, but it's a mental thing you know it's getting yourself up mentally for every game and then you've got after the game you've then got to get up for the next one in two or three days time it's tough and I think Sterling's looked flat Um, and I think that might be the reason he's played and played and played and Pep knows he can rely on him uh, although he hasn't been great Uh, but with Leroy signing out he's not not a natural left-sided alternative um but I think that if you do keep playing and playing and playing, we, we know that you do become more susceptible to injuries and all of a sudden he's picked up a hamstring. You know, hamstrings happen a lot at this time of year because, you know, the pitches are a bit heavier uh, and you're playing more and it's tempting. I mean, Stealing's rarely injured and all of a sudden he gets one late in a game when he's when he's when he's just played and played incessantly so for me his flat form is probably down to the physical uh, sorry the mental aspect of of playing and playing and playing and perhaps his hamstring injury now is down to the physical uh, strain of playing and playing and playing um it it looks like he's out for two to three weeks um which puts us right on the cusp of the Real Madrid first leg so he'll be a big miss I mean the, the the other side of that is that Leroy Sane might be back, you know, and, and firing by that point, which, which would be great timing for him to come back and, and, and go up against Real Madrid because I think he could, you know, a, a fully fit and a, a, and and firing Leroy Sane would be a, a major weapon to have in the Burner I, th- I think you know just as much as Sterling would, perhaps even more, because his, his goal threat is uh, is perhaps a little better when he's on form. So, when you talk about the Real Madrid game, and we've seen Real
1: Madrid beat awful in the league, but win the Champions League before, we've seen it twice in succession In when it comes to this City form do you think it can be used as a positive that the complacencies will be gone when they get to the Bernabeu, there's no room they know exactly what they need to do maybe if City were winning every week le- every week in the league, they're not going to win the league anyway Yeah. But maybe in a weird way it might be good that City have had this harsh reality check so soon, but with time to recover still
2: Yeah, I mean Guardiola people have been saying for months on radio stations or whatever like you know toss away the league who cares about the league just focus on the cups and Guardiola's view is that if you're playing well in the league and winning every week then you'll be in the right mindset to to go and win knockout games um they haven't been playing as well as they could have done or they haven't been getting the right results at least um I think it's going to be a really big test like probably on a the biggest test they've had during Guardiola's time at the club Um, because they're not used to drawing such big teams and they've not shown in the Champions League that they can have that mentality and pull out a performance that really really shows that they're a team that can win the competition. I mean, they've bullied some lesser teams and they've absolutely battered them off the park, but I can't think of a knockout game against Tottenham or Liverpool uh, where they went out, or Monaco, um, where they've kind of given a performance where you would think, yeah, that's a team that can win the competition. So they're more than capable of doing it at the Bernabeu, but we haven't seen it from them in four years.
1: I know it's a long way away, but if City weren't to beat Real Madrid, what do you think that means? I mean, you've heard the, the doubters of Pep Guardiola after they've lost to Tottenham in a game they've absolutely dominated. But for... Pep, do you think? How, how how do you recover from such a, a setback and the the prospect of a trophyless season?
0: Well, I, I don't think it'll be a trophyless season. I think they're pretty strong favourites to win the Carabao. <laughs> in terms of the two big ones that, that City are looking at, yeah, you're right. Um... I don't know. I mean, it happens. They've had two fabulous seasons. The third one was always going to be tougher. I know. I know. Pep won hat tricks of titles with Barca and Bayern, but the Premier League's different. You know, the Premier League uh, uh, will throw up a Liverpool. It will throw up teams like Leicester who. who are, <laughs> Very competitive as well, and you know we, we know the strengths. There, there are umpteen umpteen clubs who are all have all got an eye on winning the Premier League. Uh, some aren't good enough at the time, at, at the moment. But you know we, we all know that in years to come they will they will be good. The Premier League is so much more competitive in that regard, I think, than La Liga or, or the Bundesliga. um so if if they finish without if they finish without the Premier League it's not like you can say I mean even City at the best in the last two seasons will be trailing Liverpool at this point I think the, the the team that got 100 points will be 5 points behind at this stage of the season last season's team which we all we all thought was fantastic they'd be something like 14 points behind this Liverpool team so that that's what you're up against you know it, it, it's it doesn't really. It doesn't really matter at the moment how far behind Liverpool they are. Um, so that that has accentuated the fact that the city have slipped a level this season. But I think I think that little slip is understandable. And I don't think there's a lot wrong. There are little tweaks that need to be made. We know they need another centre back. We know they need one or two other players, and they, they, I know they need to get rid of one or two players. Um, but I don't think. It's an awful long way away. Um, it, it's amazing, really, that we're talking about a season where City could end up second in the league, win the FA Cup, win the Carabao Cup, and only go out of the Champions League to somebody who, who, who are like serial winners. And everyone says, what a flop of a season. It's just, you know, it is ludic- certainly ludicrous, especially ludicrous for long term City fans, you know, who, who, who know the history. Um, so. I, I don't think it's a case of that. I think it'll just be a case of building again, going again in the summer. You know, everyone will learn the lessons. Uh, th- this does happen. Teams do once a, once you hit the kind of peak that City have hit in the last two years. There's only one way to go from there. They weren't going to go up, so th- this is a bit of a down. But I don't think it's a slide. I think it's a it's a dip, and then we'll we'll perhaps go back to a peak again.
2: But there's a few interesting things that will probably need to be discussed on other podcasts because they're they're quite weighty to get into but um, kind of they don't need that much work but then there's going to be fairly considerable rebuilding summer anyway just because of the players that are leaving and that is going to be sort of a churn um, how good is their title defence Guardiola's said like you know we're still there we're still fighting but I've, I've not done the work to look at it but you know they'll come second but at what point do you say they've had a disappointing league campaign you know how many defeats do they need or what what points tally do you say that is unacceptable for the title defence or whatever and also if they were to win the Carabao and the FA Cup and the Champions League um, would they have had a better season than Liverpool
1: that sounds like, S- especially if Liverpool go out of the FA Cup. That sounds like a. a That's like.
2: Try a, pitching that to some Liverpool fans. Hmm. Well, uh, I'm, I'm done pitching it to anyone, to be honest.
1: Well, it sounds like next week's podcast are sorted. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah.
1: In the international break uh, slums, but uh, I mentioned to you both just then that City need a response this weekend. West Ham at home, surely. Even a City team that misses an abundance of chances will get one against West Ham.
0: Well, I, I think the the scheduling between now and Real Madrid is quite good for City in that they've got West Ham on Sunday at home you would think that City will win that perhaps score a few goals which will get them back in the the frame of mind of, of hitting the back of the net um, and then they go to Leicester which is a difficult game just before Real Madrid um, but it you know it's the kind of game that you'd, ex- you'd expect City, City to go there and put on a performance Leicester will, will have a go uh, and I think that will that'll suit City as well and, and it will be a perfect game to get them in the right frame of mind for Real Madrid uh, and they've got plenty of time from now until until Real Madrid to, to be out on the training ground to get a bit of rest when it's needed in the winter break um, I, I think the timing of it the time of the winter break couldn't have been better for City in terms of going into that Real Madrid game and in terms of the two games Uh, they've got between now and then being just right to to sharpen them up a little bit and just ready for for going to the Burner Bale I mean we talk about City's problems and I've talked about all
2: these things that City need and you look at where West Ham are at and it kind of puts it in perspective as to you know
1: the reality check yeah you
2: you know there's there's still a lot a lot of remarkable things about the City team and they're they're in a different ballpark to, to West Ham
1: who comes in for Raheem Sterling this weekend for you both?
2: I'd play Foden. I think he's been un- underused again last few weeks. Um, having shown at Arsenal that he can play wide left, I think I'd I'd play him there because if you, he's only had two league starts this season, and we're getting to the point again where if you don't start playing him, then he's going to be uh, sort of considering his uh, his options. I think.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'd agree. I mean, I was I was gonna say. Um, Bernardo, but yeah, it's probably a better option, Foden. Um, I think Mahrez will pay the price on the other side for his, his terrible short corner routine, which, which <laughs> led to Zinchenko's red card. Um, Pep's shown his displeasure at Mahrez doing that kind of thing. That's one thing that's let him down this season. He's had a good season, Mahrez, but when he's facing his own goal, he can be an absolute liability playing the ball backwards aimlessly into spaces. Um, and Pep has dropped him when he's done that in the past. He's, he's substituted him and he's dropped him when he's done that in the past. So I think Mares will will go from that side. Um, Bernardo's the obvious one to, to fill that, that gap. And then, uh, yeah, Foden. Foden on the left would be... A good shout, actually. He needs to. He needs more games. You know, we talked about him stepping into David Silva's boots. Well, when's that? That needs to start. It Needs to start before this season's over.
1: I guess on the fact that City's title challenge is long gone, there's nothing to lose, is there? There's an, and there's no excuse yeah. now for Guardia not to play further in the league.
0: No, certainly in games like that where City are going to be on the front foot, they're going to have seventy odd percent possession. You know, it makes utter good sense just to, to play him. It's kind of like a halfway house, like no one's saying play the under
2: 18s or the under 23s for like the, the whole Premier League season but if Foden, Garcia, Howard Bellis, Doyle uh, and others are going to be a, a part of the plans for next season and Foden is being, we keep being told that they're not going to sign anyone for David Silva because Foden is the one, well, you know, if he's good enough to be in that, to be considered as that, then he should be starting more games. Yeah.
0: His chances are going to get squeezed again, of course, because Sane's on the brink of coming back as well. So once he's back in, he's you know he's got even less of a chance of getting again. So uh, <clears throat> getting all uh, teary
1: eyed here, uh, both going for wins this weekend then. Yes.
0: Come yeah, I think there was they played on
2: the opening day at West Ham, and there was a great quote from Martin Noble in the programme saying it was like the best time they could play. Oh City, yeah Probably and they warmed up yet Yeah <laughs> you thinking, saw yeah. What he meant But they lost 5-0 And, <laughs> and the VAR chaos <laughs> And the penalty chaos And all Yeah and, uh, Yeah you would Say Something similar on the cards if they finally learn how to put the ball in the net.
1: Well, we shall see if they finally to learn how to solve their striking woes. Uh, Sai Stu, thank you very much for joining us this week on the Talking City podcast. We will be back again next week to reflect on the game against West Ham and get through some of the meaty subjects that Sai offered up earlier. Can you leave me off that one, then? Yeah, uh, don't worry. <laughs> make sure you're off that day. I don't really do meaty. <laughs> Please do leave a like and subscribe if you haven't already, and we'll see you again next time.